Thank you very much, and thanks to everybody who's joining us uh, live today. My name is Blake Rutherford, and I'm, as always, joined by my colleagues Mark Alderman and Howard Schweitzer of Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies. This is Road to the Oval Office, and it's after Labor Day, guys, and we're back. Um, good and it's good, good to be with both of you. Um, well, we're, we're all in Washington today. The city is um, waking up from uh, the August recess. Um, the political climate is, and I'll obviously want, want your take on this, perhaps as peculiar and as potent as we've seen at any point since, uh, since we all started paying attention to politics. But here's where we are. Um, we came out of the conventions um, in Cleveland and Philadelphia, both from a city perspective, very well executed. Um, from a message perspective, I think both sides thought that they got their message out. Um, we want to. I want to talk a little bit about kind of post-convention bounces in a minute, but then everybody sort of went away a little bit. Um, Hillary Clinton went on a fundraising tear, raising more than $140 million in the month of August. Trump raised money as well. Um, but they've kind of kick-started their campaigns again, as you would normally expect um, after Labor Day. And the polls are interesting. Um, but before we get to that, Howard, I want to I wanna start with you. Um, what's the state of the race? What, what do you think about where these two candidates are um, heading into the fall and who had the better summer? I think Hillary initially had the better summer, Blake, and, and, and Trump has come on strong recently. He's gotten more discipline. Once he threw Manafort out and brought in his new team, he's, he's much better positioned. It's tight. Uh, look at Ohio and Florida. The polls are basically a statistical dead heat right now. And um, that's not changing anytime soon. So I think the race is a lot tighter than it looked like it was uh, 20 or 25 days ago when it looked like Hillary was, was running away with it, notwithstanding the fact that, or, or my view that the Republican nominee puts his foot in his mouth every day. And I think it's gonna continue to be tight. And, and I have, basically two reasons for that. One is that Trump is still must-see TV. I don't care what side of this you're on. Anytime he opens his mouth, people want to be watching. They want to hear what he's going to say for whatever reason. And the other reason is that Hillary is not, except for one thing, her email. That's still out there, obviously, in a major way. That's what they want to hear her talk about. So. Everyone wants to hear what Trump is going to say. The only people, the only thing people really want to hear from Hillary is how she's going to respond to questions about all the bad things she's done, and that's not good for her. Yeah, we'll come back. We'll definitely come back to the emails because this is really uh, a situation that, just to your point, Howard, uh, won't go away. Continues to dog this campaign. But, but Mark, stepping back from the specifics, same question to you: um, State of the race from your perspective, who had a better summer? Well. Howard's, of course, right that Hillary had a better summer until the end when it tightened, and it is tighter. I always thought it was going to be tighter. I never believed the bounce was real, 
But having said that, Blake, I think we are where Tim Kaine told us he thinks we are the other day. You and I were lucky enough to be at a lunch here in Washington for Senator Kaine, and he said you'd rather be us than them, and I agree. I'd, I'd rather be us, and no secret that I'm on that side, I'd rather be us than them for, for three reasons. Number one, notwithstanding the severe tightening, the disappearance of the bounce and the tightening of the polls, it's not actually yet, even in the polling average, a tie. She's still ahead by a little bit in all of the national averages, and she's ahead by a good bit in the swing state averages. So even the tightening polls, you'd rather be her than, than him, number one. Number two, we're gonna find out if in 2016 and the age of Twitter, whether a ground game still matters because she has one and he doesn't. And even they don't dispute that. So I'd rather be us than them on election day when we hope on our side a ground game still matters. It may matter less than it has in the past because as Howard says, Trump is must-see TV and Trump is the king of social media. But number three, the map is her friend. This is not a popular vote. This is an electoral college election and she has more ways to 270 than he does. That is something that nobody should rely on. It, it, that too is tighter than it was, but on the map, you'd rather be her than him too. And I wanna, I wanna, I wanna sort of dive into the map a little bit for everybody who's listening in and, and curious about what we mean when we talk about the map. You know, Howard, you, you alluded to this uh, statistical tie in Florida right now. Um, statistical tie, although Trump performing better in Ohio, and we're seeing that Senate race really tilt towards the Republicans. Yeah. It looks like Rob Portman's probably going to win, um, and 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 that might have an effect. Um, North Carolina holding steady for Hillary. I mean, still very close, but but holding steady for Hillary. Colorado holding steady for Hillary, although not by a lot. New Hampshire holding steady for Hillary, and as we know. Uh, big Senate race there as well. Um, Iowa, Trump doing better in Iowa. Um, Virginia, tight. Looked like it was really going to go Hillary's way, and that number has come back a little bit. And then Arizona, interestingly enough, uh, tight race and a big, big Senate race there as well. Um, and then finally, our home state of Pennsylvania, uh, which Hillary continues to do well. I think we saw polls where she was up eight, nine, 10, coming back a little bit, but holding pretty steady right. five, six points. Um, and that's what the, to, to your point, Mark, that's what the map looks like. And Trump, it's not enough for Trump to sort of, to, to narrow this a little bit, it's not enough for him to just win Florida and Ohio. Yeah. He's gonna have to do more than that. So without going too deep into right. these weeds here, call it 10 states, nine states, 11 states. There are plus or minus 10 states that are gonna pick the next president because the other 40 are already locked down. Of those 10 states, 
because of where the other 40 leaves each of them, he has to win more than she does, period. He has to win more than she does, and she's ahead in more than he is. Mm -hmm. that, that's where we are. Can he do it? Anybody who doesn't think Donald Trump can be the next president of the United States is a fool. Of course he can do it. But again, he's got to win more than she does, and she's ahead in more than he is. That's Howard, how does, yeah, I mean, I want to get your perspective, and then I want to talk about how does Trump do it, because we've got a big event coming up in a couple of weeks, which is the first debate. Yeah. Um, but but I, I want to get your reaction to that. I mean, I think for one thing, I discount the polling a little bit in the sense that I think his support is being underpolled because people won't admit what they're going to do when they go into the voting booth. So I agree. I think that's obviously statistically impossible to factor in here, but um, I think it's there and, and real. Um, and then, look, these things change. And I think the debates, Blake, you're right. I mean, it's, it's huge. Uh, no one knows what's going to happen. It's not going to be um, it's not going to be a run-of-the-mill debate. We know that. And so I think that's going to have a huge impact. Mark, I, I, I want to sort of look at this kind of more broadly. You alluded to, to the time that we spent with Senator Kane earlier this week getting a perspective on what the Democrats' message is. And I think, you know, he, he's able to, or from my perspective, tell me if you agree, I thought he was really able to sort of synthesize what, what he thought the election was about, the choice that they're trying to force in the context of right. this debate, right? It's every campaign wants the election to be about whatever they want it to be about, and, the, and that's the argument. Uh, we're starting to see from Trump, uh, and Howard alluded to this in, in, his, in his earlier comments, we're starting to see more substance from Trump. There was a commander-in-chief forum the other night on, on CNN. Um, I mean, what do you make about where these campaigns are message-wise? Is, is, does it matter? Are we, are, is the electorate interested in message, or is this a personality contest to the finish? Where's the, where's the, the voter focusing his or her attention? Well, two things, please. Uh, I disagree with Howard that we are seeing a more disciplined Trump campaign. I disagree that he is presenting more substance than before. I do think he is talking more substantively but on any given day he's contradicting what he said the day before. I defy you to tell me what his policy on immigration is. And therefore, number two, Blake, if the voters are looking for policy positions and a policy division between these two candidates, I don't think he's helping himself because I don't think anybody knows where he is on much of this. But I don't think that's what the remaining voters are looking for. Again, you, you got to remember that a lot of the country is locked down. A lot of the states are locked down. They're not going to change. A lot of the voters are locked down. Donald Trump is going to get 40% no matter what happens from here to there. Hillary Clinton is going to get 40% no matter what happens from here to there. 10% are going elsewhere. So this is all about 10% of the people and 10% in 10 states. Right, that's what I was going to say. And you right. can 
I tried to quantify this. There's something like two to four million people who are going to pick the president. That's that's how this is going to work. What are they looking for? I think they are looking for for credibility. I think each of these candidates has his or her challenges on that issue of credibility. That's the understatement of the century. Right. That I mean that that, 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 that I think one more than the other. <laughs> but but I don't think this is going to turn on Donald Trump's immigration policy. I don't think this is going to turn on Hillary Clinton's uh, infrastructure I policy. Totally disagree. Totally disagree. This is this is a security election, and I don't mean physical, just physical security. This is an economic security and national security election. That's what this is about. And who, which candidate is leaves people feeling more secure about their economic future and the national security of this country. That is what this election comes down to, in my opinion. And How, that is... That's policy. I'm not... Okay. Uh, I'm happy for you to totally disagree with everything I say. I'm not trying to find a common ground. But, but when I say credibility, what I mean by that is those two to four million people are going to look at this man and this woman, and they're going to say either... I'm sitting this out altogether, by the way. And if they sit it out, that's better for her than him. Although it does depend who they are and where they are. But but they're either going to say that or they're going to say, okay, I trust this guy or this woman to keep me safe. And so, so and that, is that a long-winded way of saying I was right? No. Okay. <laughs> right. but, but that's not policy. So once again, you're wrong, but not far. Not far off. Well, but it does take us to to the dynamic of this race. Trump performs better on national security issues. He does better uh, among military voters, which is not inconsistent. We see that among Republican candidates. Um, he's got a 19-point advantage among military voters. Romney, Romney had a 20-point advantage. Um, and then we've got we've got a contrast on economic issues but credibility to mark's point and i think there's certainly some overlap in in, in what you guys are, are talking about but i'm certainly not going to referee whether or not you agree um it, it is this notion of trust and this is a challenge for the clinton campaign howard i mean this is where she really hasn't been able to move the needle in the email situation continues to be top of mind. I mean, you said earlier, that's what that's what people are interested in hearing about from her, which really narrows narrows the, the dialogue. Um, and she struggled a little bit, I think, on CNN the other night de dealing with this. But I want to get I want to get both your reactions just to the sort of the state of the email world yeah. and how she's how she's what's she going to do for the next 60 days to get to the finish line? Well, I think if, first of all, if you look back at our calls from the, the earlier part of the year, I may have been wrong about her being indicted, but I was right about the fact that it was going to come down to the emails that they deleted and the foundation and 
Um, not so much uh, the, the classified information question. I mean, look, it's misstep after misstep after misstep. And frankly, I don't understand it. This is not that hard. I've been in government. I've been in multiple agencies. I've done it at a high level. It's not that hard to be smart about how you do these things. It's just not. And it is befuddling to me. And obviously the electorate, how time after time after time, this woman manages, who's obviously very smart, very capable, a very good lawyer, which I think is frankly, even though we're sitting in a room of lawyers, part of the problem. Um, but she continues to put, to shoot herself in the foot and and to, to conduct herself like she can lawyer her way out of everything. And that's not acceptable. That's not what the American public wants. And I just don't get it. Mark? Well, I sort of agree, <laughs> but not too much. It, I agree with Bernie Sanders that nobody gives a damn about these emails. However, the emails are providing the occasion for her to demonstrate her personality and her style, and all of that is not helping. That's where I do agree with what Howard said. This woman has been demonized for 30 years by the vast right-wing conspiracy, and that's the backstory of where she finds herself, but she isn't helping herself. I do agree very much with what Howard is saying there, and she isn't helping herself not because of the misjudgment on the specific email issues, which she has conceded repeatedly and apologized for. She isn't helping herself because she isn't credible when she talks about it. I keep coming back to that word. He isn't credible when he talks about anything, in my view, but she isn't credible when she talks about this, and that taps into the 30-year question about who she is and what she is all about, and those two to four million people in eight to ten states are wrestling with You know that. what? If you Clearly. know there's a vast right-wing conspiracy working against you, you can form your behavior so as not to allow the vast right-wing conspiracy to get at you. Would have been a good idea. We can agree on that. Yeah. Would have been a good idea. But, but where we are, which is discouraging... It's not that hard. Uh, agreed. Agreed. But where we are, which is discouraging as uh, a, a citizen, is that the other guy continues to be himself also. The problem yeah. we've got is that they are each being who they are and that neither of them is who the country actually wants. He keeps being who he is. This is where I very much disagree about any discipline there at the Commander-in-Chief Forum where, yes, she did not present a credible answer to a question about her emails. That, I don't get why she can't, but she didn't. 
And he sat there because and I'm doubled sorry. and tripled down on his bromance with Vladimir Putin. Yeah, that was absurd, they, of course. They are each being who they are. But, and if neither is anyone different between now and November 8, this is going to be a mess. Mark, the reason she can't answer the questions on her emails is because every day something new comes out about her emails. It's not that she can't answer a question, it's that she did things she shouldn't have done. Well, let's... And, 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 and let me say one other thing. I mean, you know what? She is obviously, obviously, among these two people more qualified to be the President of the United States. Okay? But she has let, she's let the country down. And she's let the country down, in my opinion, because... Look, look at the look at she should be crushing this guy and she's not and she's not because of her own personal conduct her own personal decision making and the decision making of the people around her and from that point of view I mean it's almost it's almost it's pouring salt on the wounds because she's arguably the one that's put the country in the position of him potentially being the next president of the United States well let's let's come back to to the the sort of okay. challenges of challenges of Trump in contrast to that mark I mean you 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 did you did talk about it this this sort of affection for Putin that Trump is doubling down on today um, and the sort of contradictory behavior that that he demonstrates he is today more unpopular than she is, although that 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 gap is is narrowing to Howard's point. Um, you know, right now it certainly seems that Hillary's best asset is still Trump. Hillary's best asset is still Trump. And what I believe is going on out there is something along these lines. Trump is who he is. Trump is where he is. Trump is not, despite his outreach to the African-American community and whatever other faux initiatives he has undertaken, he is not persuading anybody and he is not moving any voters to his column. He is where he is. He is 40, 41, 42%. He's never been higher. He's not going to be higher. She has been up and she has been down. And what all of this noise in the system is doing is moving her numbers. Post-convention, her numbers go up. And foundation, emails, on and on, and her numbers come down. And the challenge for her is to to move to the higher end of her potential instead of the lower end because the lower end is down at the upper end of his potential. But that, it's an interesting point that you made earlier and I, I want to come back to it, which is will the ground game actually matter in this race? And is this, is this, an election, is this a Twitter election where Trump is, is prolific? Um, or is this, is this an electioneering election in the sense of that the the mechanics, the data, the targeting, the field plan, the number of volunteers, the organizers, um, are what gets you that 
one to two points. You've said that before, Mark, um, and 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 thus tilt a tie in your favor. We're seeing in Pennsylvania, Hillary's organization is extraordinary. Um, it is bigger than anything President Obama put on the field in in Pennsylvania. There are a couple of really interesting stories for for people on the phone about her. And, and Howard, you're you're very very interested in, in in the relationship between between data and, and election outcomes. And there was there've been a couple of interesting stories about about her data usage and and how that has influenced their resource allocation. Um, and so it gets us into the science of this. Trump's doing none of that. Right. Um, and I, I want to come back to it, Mark. I mean, you you asked the question. Now I'd like to get your thoughts. I mean, it, is it gonna matter? I think it's going to matter. I do believe it's going to matter because I believe that her challenge is to get people who, if they had to vote, would go her way to the polls because they don't have to vote. And if they sit home and don't show up for her, that's a problem. I think she's going to get them to the polls. And what I think it is to come back to something that, that Howard said, uh, <laughs> and we're working at the margins here. This is a margin election. This this is close, and this is a margin election here. Trump, I believe, is underpolled, and I do think that Bradley effect, as people in the polling space call it, is actually happening. Take Pennsylvania, for example. I think Trump is probably underpolled a point or two in Pennsylvania. I think her ground game in Pennsylvania is worth two or three points. It, it is the correction and then some to this underpolling. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to matter, and I think it could, uh, it could in some of these places make a difference. Not in Pennsylvania, by the way. She's actually going to win Pennsylvania apart from all of these two-point here or two-point there. But boy, oh boy, could it matter in some places. Well, and, and, and Howard, to, to that point, I mean, it, it, Pennsylvania looking more and more like it's going to fall in, in Hillary's column um, pretty much ensures that Trump's got to run the table in all the states that, that we've talked about without an organization, which the RNC will, of course, dispute and, and will suggest that, that they have an organization and it's going to inure to Trump's benefits, so on and so forth. Um, and, but without a serious organization, which we know he doesn't have in Pennsylvania, we know the RNC really doesn't have in Pennsylvania at this point, um, what does Trump do? I mean, does he, you know, he was, he was on Twitter this morning blasting CNN. Um, that seems to be his MO. It's just to, to take to, to social media and just get after it a little bit. Um, they, they seem to be to Mark's, to Mark's question, which um, is, is really fascinating to me, turning this notion of, of, or turning their back really to this notion of the relationship between, you know, science and outcomes in the context of, of, of elections and just sort of throwing it to passion um, and throwing it to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stir up more people and they're going to show up because I've, 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 in, I've persuaded them to Mark's point, and all I have to do is tell them 
tell them where to go vote and they'll go vote. Do you think there's there's reality based in that theory? Look, I think the the ground game absolutely matters, and um, and I, look, I, I think he's. I think there's a lot left to happen in the next 59 days, and yeah, he says some crazy stuff. <laughs> um, but again, people want to hear what he's going to say, whatever it is, and in between, I think he's crazy like a fox. In between all the crazy stuff, he says some things that he knows people actually want to hear. And I think the the debate, the debates are going to be really interesting. The first debate is obviously pivotal. If he doesn't win that, he's done. Yeah, But I, I think he will. And I think he will partially by taking her from the left. Yeah. He, he will not win any of the debates in the sense of a debate team challenging a debate team under debate yeah, Mark, rules. this isn't high school. He, that's what I want to say. The problem for her is that the bar is so low for him. All he has to do is not fall off the stage. He went to Mexico and he didn't fall off the stage. He declared it a great triumph. And I think it didn't move the needle, but but I was surprised he didn't fall off the stage. And I don't think he's going to fall off the stage here either. I agree with you that the first debate is going to go better for him than for her because they are being judged by different standards. Well, they are being judged by different and, standards. They have different things to answer for, but I think we're going to see him come at her from the left on the big yeah, banks. Yeah. I think we're going to see her him... Come at her from the left on on war. I think I think okay. yes, he wants to build a strong military, but woven into his message, this whole Iraq thing, whether he's practicing revisionist history or not, <laughs> a little bit. Um, I think. <laughs> uh, I he knows what people out in the country want to hear, and he's going to speak to those things. Her challenge at these debates is twofold. She is being held to a higher standard. Life's unfair. I'm not being petulant about that. I'm being descriptive. She is being held to a higher standard. Secondly, secondly, he is going to make things up. It is He makes things up every time he talks. And and how she handles him when he's making things up is a real challenge the whole thing Look. is asymmetrical as they say and and by the way there's an opportunity I'm not predicting it but if she can somehow unlock that riddle of what you do with the guy when he just makes things up nobody did in the Republican primary I was going to say the it's... media hasn't Matt Lauer didn't the other night but if somehow she can unlock that that that's how she can actually win the debate politically, not just on points. I think that uh, what she has to do to win the debate is get under his skin. She's got to, and, and yeah. you bet you can bet your bottom dollar that they have a team of psychologists <laughs> figuring out how to get at him, how to get him to well. Perform well, in an unhinged she, way. So, she so should, the, and uh, that's take a her strategy. Lesson from your friend Elizabeth Warren, 
who ironically is sitting in our law offices in Philadelphia no at this very uh, very moment, because Pocahontas gets under his skin. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, that well, it, the, fir- the first the first debate. If Hillary can do a Pocahontas. I think he could come unhinged on national television. Well, the first debate is September 26th. It's going to be in New York uh, at Hofstra University. It's going to be moderated by Lester Holt. Um, you know, there's there was a lot of talk um, about, and, and, and this is this is something I'm always interested in. It may not be interesting to either one of you, and you can tell me, but I, I moderators of these debates fascinate me. Your and, wife's in the Yes, yeah, right, right, that's right. <laughs> and so um, moderators fascinate me. We saw a lot of criticism um, leveled at Matt Lauer based on his performance, and I'm not I, we, be that as it may. There's there's a lot of politicking around. I was I was on television yesterday, sort of trying to deal deal with whether whether that made any sense. Set that aside. The first debate moderator, and going back to Lester Holt, has Mark to your point a really interesting job because it is certainly the responsibility of Hillary Clinton to call Donald Trump to task when it's appropriate and vice versa. But it's also the moderator's responsibility to to examine what these candidates say. And that presents a dynamic we're we're not right now we're just talking about how but Hillary and Trump are going to manage not each other. To, to quote Howard about Hillary and explaining herself. It's not that hard. It's Glenn Eiffel and Governor Romney and President Obama and Romney saying, you didn't call it a terrorist attack. The president saying, yes, I did. And the moderator saying, yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. Right. That's the standard here. And I'm, I'm rooting for Lester to reach <laughs> it because if he gets over that bar, the moderator's going to do more talking than either of them. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> Since right. everything the other guy is going to say is going to be suspect. Yeah, yeah. Well, I um, any any other thoughts? Just because we're we'll certainly be back um, in advance of the in advance of the first debate. But I think as we're trying to think about you know where and how this election gets interesting, because you know certainly Trump to to, to both of your points. I mean is is consistently covered and and is uh, all talk all the time. So we hear from him a lot. And, you know, to people who've made up their mind, they made up their mind to swing voters. It really does seem to me that that the opportunity um, to determine who is more credible, who has to, to both of your points about what what you think voters are looking for when you know really comes in, in, in that first debate. Are we really going to yeah. see President Donald Trump on that I, stage? I want to leave the last word for Howard, but you ask anything else, I want to say one other thing. It is going to be fascinating to me, at least. This is like you saying, I don't know if anybody else is interested. <laughs> I am really interested, as a child of the Cold War here, I am really interested in how this Russia thing breaks because you are going to have a data dump in October and it's going to be bad for Hillary and Trump is going to yeah. use this is, it this is WikiLeaks this is what yeah. and if I were Secretary Clinton or President Obama I would stand up there and say we're really going to let Russia pick the next president 
But we'll see. We'll see where this whole Putin, WikiLeaks, DNC hack, data dump thing goes. It, it could go either way. I, I have three thoughts picking up on that. First, the October surprise, which has become cliche, maybe that's it. I, I am concerned about something much more serious where whether it's Russia or Iran or a combination of the two or someone altogether different puts not Hillary, but the current president of the United States to the test. And when well, we saw some, I mean, North Korea. Right. Um, right. It, that is scary. Um, and it, I think, is very much out there as a possibility. Um, I guess my second thought is not about the presidential election, but about the United States Senate. Uh, the Republicans are, are, I think, running a much stronger race collectively mm-hmm. um, where they're vulnerable um, than people expected. You mentioned um, Senator Portman before. Mm-hmm. Marco Rubio jumping into the Florida Senate Marco race. Marco Rubio. Yeah. Um, you know, things are, I think, a lot closer than than people expected them to be in some of those races. And the Republicans have raised a pretty astounding amount of money mm-hmm. to support those campaigns. And that's very, very important in terms of what Washington looks like in the future. I, uh, I'll bet you dinner they both go the same way. The Senate and the White House are going the same way. But yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, we'll we'll come back. I'm gonna let yeah, you. I'm gonna let you finish. Yeah, we're right. We're, I thought yeah. you gotta buy me dinner. Yeah. Okay, fine. I'll buy you dinner. <laughs> um, Hillary's gotta win the the devil you know vote. That's what this comes down to. They're both. They're both. They both have credibility problems, as you've, you've said, Mark. They both seriously leave something to be desired. She has got to convince the public that they're better off with the devil they know. That's what it comes down to. And that's probably what's going to happen. And she's probably going to be the next president of the United States. But I think there will be days, there will be calls between now and November 8th, where we're talking about the possibility, even more significant possibility that he's going to be elected the next president. Yeah. Assuming he can answer the most important question of the day, which is, what is Aleppo? Um, with that, um, guys, it's, it's fun as always. It's great to be back. Um, and we'll be here weeks in and weeks out um, talking about this race. And, you know, every day is a new day. And we have said that many times on these calls. Tomorrow, everything we've said today could, could simply be you know, I dare I say irrelevant because that's not right, but it could certainly, it could, sh- your thinking uh, and your analysis could shift. So I'm looking forward to, to being, um, to being back with you um, next week. I think for everybody who's joining us live, we sent out the full schedule of our calls. So um, hopefully you'll, you'll make the time to, to join us as, as always comments, questions are welcome. You can shoot that to us at presidential analysis um, at cozen.com. And uh, we look forward to talking again. Howard, Mark, fun as always. Great to be back with you. I hope you had wonderful summers. And uh, we've got less than 60 days to Election Day. So I look forward to spending it with Game you. Game on. Thanks, Blake. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.